to strenuously object? Is that how it works? Hmm? Objection. Overruled. No, 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 no. No, I strenuously object. Oh, wow. Strenuously object, and I should take some time to reconsider. I got it on the record. Hey, you also got the court members thinking we're afraid of the doctor. You object once so they can hear us say he's not a criminologist. You keep after it the way you did, and suddenly our great cross looks like a bunch of fancy lawyer tricks. It's a difference between paper law and trial law. Sam. Christ, you even had the judge saying Stone was an expert. Sam, she made a mistake. It's not relivid. I'm uh, gonna go call my wife. I'll uh, see you tonight. Why do you hate them so much? They beat up on a weakling. That's all they did. All right, the rest of this is just smoke-filled coffeehouse crap. They tortured and tormented a weaker kid. They didn't like him, so they killed him. And why? Because he couldn't run very fast. All right, all right. Everybody take the night off. Why do you like them so much? Because they stand on a wall. And they say nothing's going to hurt you tonight. Not on my watch. scene from one of my favorite movies ever a few good men and and i and i did it because i as i'm going through my outline i'm watching the i'm thinking about the stuff that was said this week on uh at the republican national convention thinking about the things that were said at the democratic national convention last week watching what i see on tv with the stuff going on in kenosha wisconsin and what happened how it was perceived, all the aftermath, and how the city of Kenosha is handling it. And I'm just going, you know what? There's just such a perception. It's just a perception of one of one thing. You know, in, in that scene in the courtroom with a few good men, hey, why do you hate them so much? Hey, you know what? The, and, they're, and it's talking about different sides of the Marines on this. Say, hey, you know what? They beat up on him. Cause he's, cause he's a, uh, he couldn't run very fast. So they, he was a weak, he was a weakling. They beat up on him. And why did they, why did they kill him? Because uh, he couldn't run too fast. <clears throat> and I look at that. That's kind of what, that's kind of what the Democrats are doing. Hey, you know what? They think that America is stupid. 
They think people between 18 and 24 are stupid. Kamala Harris said it. They think that black people are stupid. They think that everybody who listens to the Democrats, well, you know, my my uh, my skin is black, so I'm supposed to vote Democrat. Well, I'm Jewish. I'm supposed to vote Democrat. Well, my mom's uh, my mom and dad are Democrat, so I'm supposed to vote Democrat. You know what? The groups I I uh, am a, the groups I'm a part of in Facebook, they all say Trump is a liar, so he must be a liar. So if they if my friends think that, then I think it. Then you have the other. Then you have the other side. You have the other side that we saw this week, the Republicans, and specific Donald Trump. It says, "Hey, no one's going to hurt you tonight. Not on my watch. He's going to make sure." And and it was really, really illustrated throughout the week. Listening to people who know him, listen to people who watch him. Not Nancy Pelosi, not Bernie Sanders, not people that have a have a uh, have a. Uh, have an advantage, a financial, a political advantage to say to say stuff that isn't true. But the people who actually watch him, the people who actually deal with him, and uh, you know, hey, no one's gonna, no one's gonna hurt you tonight. Not on my watch. And I just, I saw that. Hey, you know what? This is, this is what I see. This is what I see. And I, and I'll expand on that as we go through the happenings of this week. Uh, but first. Before I go any further and get on some more rants, let me introduce myself so we can get to business. My name's Ed Hoffman from Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, i.e., your uh, you hear the interest rates are are the lowest ever. We're doing refinances in the two percent. Now, uh, if you got a if you got a six twenty one FICO score and no equity, um, your your rate's probably going to be in the threes. But the rates are really really good. Um, so if you've got a, if, if you're thinking about refinancing a piece of property you own, or you're thinking about buying a piece of property that you'd like to own, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And even if you're a, a senior and you're thinking, Hey, you know what, that reverse mortgage thing I keep hearing about, is that really something I should be looking at? Will that really make a difference in my, in my life or my lifestyle? If you want to find out about that, low interest rates mean more money. Uh, access that you have access to more money from the from the equity in your house 855-640-2020 if you want to talk to me but you don't want to go on you don't want to talk to me uh you know verbally then uh, go to edhoffman.net e-d-h-o-f-f-m-a-n.net click on the summit funding logo that'll take you to my lending page where you can put in as much information as you want me to have tell me how much information you want back and you'll hear back from either myself or one of my talented teammates Eric Marquez, Cody Bradbury, Brian Goodman, or Lance Geisha, and we will help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Um, if you're something that you hear you want repeated or you want to share it with somebody um, or you didn't get a chance to hear the whole show because you're driving to, driving to church or you're driving to Home Depot or you're driving to lunch and uh, you got to where it was going and, and the, show was, the show was still going, also on edhoffman.net, you can click on the podcast page. You can get this show as well as several past shows on there and listen to it on demand. You can also uh, get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes where uh, you can subscribe for free, have it automatically uh, uh, download to your phone, your computer, your iWatch, your iPad, your iPod, your mini pad, your maxi pad, or anything else you can listen to podcasts on. Follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman and the Facebook page is uh, facebook.com slash the main event Ed Hoffman. Um, I don't think I left anything else. If you got comments on the show, uh, that you want to send me an email, ed at edhoffman.net. Okay, so let's talk about what's going on. We got a lot. We got four days worth of 
four days worth of stuff to talk about, and I only got like 45 minutes left. So uh, the Republican convention kicked off Monday night uh, with most of the action coming from an auditorium near the White House in order to emulate the convention stage. You know, and you and when you looked at when you looked at uh, when you looked at the Democrat convention last week, what a difference it was to the look. What a what difference it was to the feel. You would think the Democrats, with all their Hollywood producers and everything, they would have been able to put a virtual convention on that looked professional. And they didn't. People talking from their basement, people talking from uh, their kitchen table, um, just just was not. They couldn't figure a way to to have the 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 bigness, the gloriousness, the the you know, without having to have a big stadium full of people, they couldn't seem to, to get that feel to it. And uh, then of course the, then of course the fact that it was so dark and, and gloomy and Trump is this and Trump is that, and America is not, America is not getting what they should get. And, uh, and uh, you know, just, Hey, Trump bad, me good. Uh, the, the message of Joe Biden. So uh, as as most you as you most likely know, every night featured incredible speakers, and there's no way that we can play all of them here. Um, we'll hit as many as we can from each night. But since the convention technically kicked off Monday morning, let's start with the president speaking to a small audience of delegates in Charlotte, North Carolina. He got a crowd riled up uh, about a variety of topics, including Democrats' push for all mail-in ballots. With this whole headset they're working on. Uh, sending them out to people. It's going to be possible to tabulate, in my opinion. It's just my opinion. We have to be very, very careful. And then they play the game that we're not patriotic. Right. Yeah. What they're doing is using COVID yeah. to right. steal an election. Right. They're using exactly. COVID to defraud the American people, all of our people, of a fair and free election. Here, here. And we can't do that. And just so you know, there's a difference between absentee ballots and all mail-in ballots, and there's always availability for for absentee ballots. You're going to be out. Of, you're going to be out away from home when on voting day. You can request an absentee ballot. You're deployed. You're a, you're a military person deployed to another country and or away from where your normal polling place is, and you get an absentee ballot. That's always been always been available. Always been there. But the Democrats want to have everybody mail in so that all the all the uh, ballots come in from the postal service. Um, problem is, problem is, is, you know, who's harvesting these things? Can somebody be working at the post office and make envelopes disappear? Well, how are they going to know who it is? If you look on the back, if you've got a mail-in ballot and you look at the back of it, if you look at, if you're registered Democrat, there's a D in the code on the bottom of the envelope. And if there's a, and if you're registered Republican, there's an R on it. So if, if somebody happened to be having a, a, few boxes of, of ballots and just went through and threw away half half the ones that said are on it that would be a way this could happen and no one would ever know hey did your did your ballot make it make it to the polling place yep it did but it reveals right on right on the envelope before anybody ever opens it how they're registered and think about this you know yeah i don't know how how people feel about mailing mailing cash now but you know my uh my parents would never mail cash in it. You know, if they, hey, I'm going to mail a mail a birthday card with a with a five dollar bill in it, or five dollar bill. You know, back in the '60s, um, to to one of the cousins or one of the relatives. And uh, hey, you never mail that because what happens if somebody steals it and they get the cash? At least if it's a check, I know that it cleared the bank. You know, people don't want to send that kind of stuff in the mail. And is this less important? 
Trump also reacted to something uh, Biden said the night before on ABC special called The Ticket, featuring him and Kamala Harris, a total love fest. Uh, Biden was asked if he would shut down the country yet again if his all-knowing scientists suggested it, which Trump reacted to on Monday. I would be prepared to do whatever it takes to save lives because we cannot get the country moving until we control the virus. That is the fundamental flaw. Scientists say, shut it down. I would shut it down. I would listen to the scientists. And to have a man sitting on television the other day say, oh, I'd shut it down. Oh, I'd shut it down. Like, it's easy. Shut it down. And by the way, when you say, I think we shut it down, then we reopened. And that's what we're doing now. We're well into it. But... If we didn't shut it down at that point, we would have had millions of people dead. Millions of people. And this is and this is where a lot of people that hear me talk and have a different difference of opinion. Well, you know, what about people getting sick? There are people getting sick. You you just don't care about about other people getting sick. Well, hey, I had a COVID test last week and because I had to, and I was negative. But I told the and I told the nurse, well, I'm not too not really too hopped up on on, uh, you know, trusting these tests. And she goes, well, that makes two of us, but this is what we got to do. So uh, I came out negative. I had no symptoms, had no no reason to believe, but I was going into the hospital for something. So I had to have a COVID test before I went through. But here's where here's where people differ. You know, we want to we want to shut down. So we can make so we can save lives of, of people, you know, so so some people want to help people from getting sick. Let's shut down everybody's life. And we're and to me, we're imposing a, another kind of death on them. I mean, this this could go on forever. And you know what? Kids are losing their childhoods. You know, they're they're losing what they get from interacting with other kids at school. You know, people are missing out on their graduations, people are missing out on their weddings, people are missing out on all these things that are America and and that are part of part of the growth and the experience that makes you who you are. You know what the they say that who you become is based on the people you hang out with and the books you read. And, and it's a sum total of your experiences. So when I, when I hear, hear people say, well, you know, I had this kind of a childhood. You know, the person you are today is because of all that. There's a reason that you are who you are today because of the mixture of all the experience you've had. And we're robbing people of that. So we want to make sure that we keep people from dying but we're imposing a different kind of death and it's killing people in depression and loneliness. And, uh, and you watch suicide, suicide levels. I think they're already going up. People think, Hey, we don't have, we don't have any way to get out of this and this isn't life to me. And they, and they, and they kill themselves. Um, one idea that ran throughout the, the RNC was contrasting the success of Trump's first term with the failure of Joe Biden's record throughout his 47 years in government. That started Monday night when Florida Congressman Matt Gates offered the, this comparison of Trump versus Biden. I'm Congressman Matt Gates. I'm speaking to you from an auditorium emptier than Joe Biden's daily schedule. But we are a nation of full hearts and clear minds. We see the choice clearly, strength or weakness, energy or confusion, success or failure. I love that opening line about uh, the, the hall is as empty as Joe Biden's daily daily planner. Um, you know, Peter Ducey, who follows him, uh, Peter Ducey with Fox News, who's all, he's always embedded with the Biden campaign. Uh, he said there were zero events all week. Who runs for for a major political office and 70 days till Election Day has no events for a week? 
You saw what happened the week before. Hey, it was the Democrats' big, big week, and Trump was doing rallies two days a week for three days, two times a day for three for three days. So he was in Iowa, and he was in, uh, I don't remember, there was three, uh, three different states. He had three or four different states, and he was doing live rallies during that time. Trump never slows down. He never stops working. I don't know when he ever finds time to sleep, and, but you know, you see him late at night, and then he's up early in the morning. <clears throat> oh, wait, maybe that was taped. No, I don't think that's the case. So uh, who does that? Uh, every night at the convention had a theme that was positive and patriotic. And starting with uh, night one's night one, the theme was land of promise. Speakers were those who have experienced America's promises in their own lives. One of them was Florida businessman Maximo Alvarez, who fled Fidel Castro's Cuba with his parents at age 13. Alvarez warned against the empty promises of socialism and said, that today's progressive left reminds him of the same ideas that inspired his parents to flee Cuba. The other guy running for president is mostly concerned about power. Yes, yes, power for them, but not for the benefit of all Americans. I've seen ideas like this before, and I am here to tell you, we cannot let them take over our country. You can still hear the sounds of those broken promises it is the sound of waves in the ocean carrying families clinging to pieces of wood. Families with children who can swim, but willing to risk everything to reach this blessed land. It is the sound of tears hitting the paper of an application to become an American citizen. I choose President Trump because I choose America. If you didn't see this on video, get it on YouTube and watch it. It was very emotional. And, and there's a whole bunch of emotional speeches that I don't, I'm not going to be able to, to replicate here on the radio. But, uh, you know, if we know that people from socialist countries risk everything to come here, they risk everything. They risk their lives. They risk, they leave everything they had to come here for a better life. And I'm not saying that we should let everybody come in that's looking for a better life. I'm saying if, if we know that people that come from socialist countries, the, the, former Soviet Union and all those, all those countries over there. We've had, uh, we've had people on our show, uh, Mitt Sandrew, who came from Romania, I believe. And, and people tell these stories. We know that people risk being killed. They walk away from their whole lives for the promise that America brings. Why do the Democrats keep trying to tell young people that life will be better? Life will be better because it'll be equality for everyone. And that's more important than freedom. Also sharing a personal story was retired football star Herschel Walker, who has been close friends with President Trump since he owned the New Jersey Generals team in the 1980s. So if you've read uh, Trump's, uh, uh, Trump's book, The Art of the Deal, he talks about how they started the USFL. And apparently that's where Herschel Walker got his start 37 years ago. So, you know, we keep hearing Joe Biden say racist things that then everyone defends him with. Well, the Joe Biden I know isn't a racist. Well, here's what Herschel Walker said about the man he knows. Donald Trump to be. I've known Donald Trump for 37 years, and I don't mean just casual ran into him from time to time. I'm talking about a deep personal friendship. I watch him treat janitors, security guards, and waiters the same way he would treat a VIP. He made them feel special because he knew they were. He told me, Herschel, make an effort to get to know people. Remember their names. That stuck with me. It hurt my soul to hear the terrible names that people called Donald. The worst one is racist. 
I take it as a personal insult that people would think I've had a 37-year friendship with the racist. People who think that don't know what they're talking about. He keeps right on fighting to improve the lives of black Americans and all Americans. Some people don't like his style, the way he knocks down obstacles that get in the way of his goals. People on the opposing team didn't like when I ran over them either. But that's how you get the job done. Give him four more years. He has accomplished so much almost all by himself on a constant attack. But there's still more work to be done. If you love America and want to make it better, Donald Trump is your president. Here, here, I agree. You know, and that, hey, he treats janitors and, and, uh, and waiters and waitresses just like VIPs. That's what good people do. Because you know what? Those of us that are, have reached a level of success, you know what? Uh, I had, I, had uh, I think it was a guy who used to be on this radio station, Loud Esmond. I mean, Lou Desmond used to say, we were talking about how we like our hot dogs because he was arguing with the, one of the engineers in the office. And I said, well, you know what? A hot dog is really just like a bologna sandwich. He goes, well, why would you eat bologna sandwiches? I said, why wouldn't I? He goes, because you can eat prime rib and lobster all the time. I said, I like bologna sandwiches. You know, I'm a person doesn't matter how much money you have you're still a person and that's that's what good people good people do good things with their money good people don't look down at somebody because you're not at the same financial level and that's donald trump to me it's been uh 16 years since the democrats put a young african-american senator named barack obama on stage at their 2004 election and from that moment on it was clear they were grooming him to run for president today the republican party knows we can do that too so on that note here's senator tim scott We live in a world that only wants you to believe in the bad news, racially, economically, and culturally polarizing news. The truth is, our nation's arc always bends back towards fairness. We are not fully where we want to be, but I thank God Almighty, we are not where we used to be. We are always striving to be better. When we stumble, and we will, We pick ourselves back up and try again. We don't give in to cancel culture or the radical and factually baseless belief that things are worse today than in the 1860s or the 1960s. We have work to do, but I believe in the goodness of America, the promise that all men and all women are created equal. And if you're watching tonight, I'm betting you do too. Exactly. And I say, you know what? I don't care what color Tim Scott is. He spoke right from my heart. I don't, I don't see America as a racist country. Say, hey, we're a good, we're a good country. Um, I remember hearing uh, somebody uh, talk. I'm trying to remember who, who the speaker was that said, hey, you know, there's not, when you're out there, out there in the, in the, in the war, in the war zone, in the, and you're 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 hurting. There's nothing more nothing more welcoming than hearing the the uh, the sound of American military coming over coming over the uh, coming over the the next hill because you know they're there for good. If you're not if you're not an enemy, you'll they'll protect you. So why this huge push for diversity at the at the RNC? Because it's time to send a message to Democrat voters who who are ready to leave the party of identity politics, anarchy, and groupthink. Sending them that message was Sean Parnell, who's running for Congress in Pennsylvania's 17th district. I look across the aisle and I do not see a party that wants you to pursue your dreams. I see a Democrat party that wants to dictate what those dreams are. 
I don't see a party that wants you to be free. I see a party that wants to chain you to conformity and will destroy anyone they deem a heretic. If you're a traditional Democrat who's become disillusioned with how radical your party has become, then stand with us. You are most welcome. America needs all her patriots to rush to her defense. My fellow Americans, I promise you this. In our tent, you are free. You know, and why was the, the message of diversity so loud? Because the Democrat message, uh, was well, that, that was all it was. So, well, meanwhile, cities are burning, burning down and, and chaos and violence. And, and, all they're, and all they're talking about is diversity. All they're talking about is, is Black Lives Matter. And, and if, you're, if you're a minority, you need to be with the Democrats. And, uh, and, the, and the, message, uh, the, me- the message was brought from the Republicans from from blacks, from Hispanics, from Cubans, from immigrants, from gay people, and that, hey, you know what? We are free thinkers. Our lifestyle choices do not define us. Our color of our skin does not define us. Anyway, I'm all out of time for part one of the main events, so stay tuned for five minutes of commercials, traffic, sports, and I will be right back with the next three nights of the Republican convention. Don't go away. with Summit Funding. I don't talk a lot about real estate and finance on the radio, but I should because that's really that's really uh, what I do all day long every day is uh, help people uh, improve their financial place uh, with their getting lower rates on their financing, re-strategize how they borrow, do all that stuff. If you want to talk, if you're in the market or even if you wonder if you should be in the market, you want to talk to somebody who uh, thinks like you, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855 855- 640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net, click on the Summit Funding logo and send us a message. You'll hear back from uh, from me or one of my teammates. So uh, so we've been talking about the, the Republican National Convention this week and we finished up talking about night one. This was a four-night event. Actually, it was a four-day event with the big, the big stuff happening um, after about, uh, I don't know, five o'clock our time. Um, Unfortunately, I don't get to I don't get home but that early, so I I see I see the highlights and then plus the stuff that uh, that uh, plays after that. But uh, you know, every every night touched on some of the president's most important accomplishments in his first term. Who knew that he's a, he's negotiated a re- release of fifty five hostages in twenty two countries so far? Most people probably don't even know that there's fifty five hostages out there. We got to hear from some of them on Monday night. I was held in Turkey uh, for two years, and uh, you took unprecedented steps, actually, to secure my release, and your administration really fought for me. So I'm very grateful. 28 years, right? They had you there for, they had you scheduled for a long time, Andrew. Yes. We had to get you back. I was held in Syria for 63 days, and uh, I'm, I think I speak for my fellow former hostages and detainees here when I say I'm as grateful as I've ever been for anything to be home safely, and uh, just really happy to be here. So thank you. 
We got you back. You got him back, yeah. We got you all back. I went traveled over to the country of Iran. It turned out it was a major, major trap, and I was uh, apprehended there. I went through a lot in their injustice system, in the Iranian justice system. Iran is an oppressive, extortionist, terrorist regime. You know what I'm talking about. Um, but what you did, sir, is you were able to get me out of that prison in record time. It was amazing. Uh, we were held hostage in Venezuela for two years. I know very well. <laughs> um, and you, you helped us get out. Uh, and Senator Hatch worked with you very well on that as well. Um, and it was a, a great honor to be able to meet you right when we got back. Well, the great people of Utah really wanted me to do something about the two of you and we were able to do it and a little bit of a miracle I think frankly it was but on behalf of my family and myself thank you uh, President Trump for getting us out and getting us home the darkest moment of our whole time together uh, your letter to my wife came and it really gave her the hope and the peace and, great. and appreciate, appreciate everything y'all did thank you all for being with us we have a few more people we want to get back and we will get them back and they'll be back very soon See, people don't see this part of, of Trump. Trump's working and doing lots of stuff. You say, well, he only has 24 hours in a day. And he's got to sleep at least two of them. Um, but he's got a staff. Hey, I want this person out. Give me the full the full story. Let's find out where we're at. And then bring it to him. Say, hey, here's where we are. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, tell him this. Draft up a letter. Blah, blah, blah. This is what I want to say. Blah, blah, blah. And, and he's getting that done. He's multitasking. He's got a mind that can handle Things coming at him from all directions, and he can, you know, the I talked about it last week. Hey, he's 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 getting impeached. He's getting this. He's getting that. Getting this. And hey, the price of oil is thirty bucks a thirty bucks a barrel. We can buy it from. I don't remember what country he bought it from, but uh, we don't buy as much oil because we produce it ourselves and we sell more than we than we buy. And uh, because he got us energy independent. But meanwhile, hey, as long as they're giving away oil at thirty bucks thirty bucks a barrel, let's buy a couple million barrels for our reserves. So that that way, if we if for any reason there's ever a shortage, we have it. Oh, hey, you know what? Uh, Kodak's not doing anything. Let's give them a let's give them a a, a a guarantee a loan for them, so they can start changing that changing their business model to produce chemicals for generic drugs, so that we don't have to depend on China. Because I see where I'm going. China is a problem, and eventually they're going to start uh, holding holding drugs. And the kind of medicines that that they produce that we buy from them, they're going to start holding hostage. He's thinking in many different ways. Biden can't figure out whether he should uh, whether he should take his take his mask off and put it on the desk, or if he should uh, leave it hanging from his ear. He's a moron. He cannot think, much less think in uh, you know multitask and do all that stuff. There's you know one guy has to have a certain amount of of uh, consciousness of what's going on. And Trump has it. And we're going to see that on September 29th at the first at the first debate, because you're going to see you're going to see questions get fired at him, fired at him. And I'm sure Trump's going to be smart enough to say is to to not just answer questions, but to fire him, fire back more questions at Biden to get him confused, because he will be confused unless he's got somebody else standing in for him with a with a Biden body, uh, you know, a Biden, a Biden face mask over him. And you think about what what uh, the glorious the greatest president in the history of the Democrats, Barack Hussein Obama. What did he do with hostages? Hey, remember Otto Warmbier? He is he was uh, abduct, abducted in uh, in 2015, and he didn't come home. He in 2015, while while Obama was the president, until the end of 16, and six months after uh, after Trump uh, took took office, he got him back. 
Can you imagine if, uh, and of course, when he came back, he was a vegetable because he'd been tortured. Can you imagine if, if Obama was as strong as Trump and had the relationships with the other countries to where our, uh, our friends respect us and our enemies fear us and he would have got him back? Oh, but wait, Obama did get Bo Bergdahl back. No, Bo, Bo Bergdahl, the, uh, I believe he was a Marine. It might have been Army, a guy that deserted his, deserted his unit in Afghanistan and uh, let the Taliban uh, or ISIS abduct him. And he, and he lived there with them from 2009 till 2014. And when he got him back, we heard we gave up five highly dangerous um, captives that we had in Guantanamo Bay, and then a billion and a half dollars or $150 billion in cash and gold and currency delivered on a pallet to uh, Afghanistan in exchange for Bo Bergdahl. And then he had a big old ceremony in the white, in the Rose Garden at the White House and brought his dad up there, brought his dad up there and made like a big deal. And his dad is standing at the mic talking to uh, Bo over the TV in Arabic. Come on, man. That's not right. So you could see the, you could see the, the, the the difference between how Trump is leading and how the Democrats want to lead. Hey, you know what? What is uh, Biden's major claim to fame? He was vice president to Obama, so he wants to he wants to take any any uh, credit of anything Obama did, which most everything Trump's undo has undone. So to make our country better. On night two, the theme was the land of opportunity. This was the night night of two unique, inspiring surprises. A presidential pardon in the White House where Trump pardoned John Ponder, a former bank robber who turned his life around and now runs a nonprofit helping others do the same. And a naturalization ceremony where five people from lawfully that who had lawfully immigrated from countries of Bolivia, Lebanon, India, Ghana, and Sudan were sworn in as American citizens. Here's a highlight from each of those. Now in us as I grant John, I'm not sure you know this, a full pardon. As citizens, you're now stewards of this magnificent nation, a family comprised of every race, color, religion, and creed. United by the bonds of love, we are one people sharing one home, saluting one great American flag. Yeah, and I like I like the oath that they give to people that are becoming a uh, citizens of the United States, and they they ask for their allegiance to the United States. Hey, you know what? You won't you won't have an allegiance to other countries, and you will, if uh, called to serve, you'll serve. And and uh, the whole thing is very uh, it's very it's very emotional and very. Uh, I can imagine these people look so proud. One of them wanted to give uh, Trump a hug, but apparently in the in the uh, in the uh, age of COVID, that was not allowed. So what does liberal what does the liberal media do? First they write naturalization ceremony off as a stunt. On long-standing line between official government business and politics, and swore in five new citizens at a naturalization ceremony despite his restrictive stance on immigration. The ceremony stands in stark contrast with the president and his administration's years-long attack on the nation's immigration system. There's a difference between doing a few things for stage photo ops and actually setting policy. Yeah, they don't want him doing anything politically that might make him look like he does a good job and using it for his political gain. Well, maybe because they thought they thought, well, we own the media, so we don't want to uh, we don't want to highlight anything that Trump's actually doing for people in this country. All we want to do is tell him he's a, he's a liar and he's a cheat and he's and he's corrupt. Then when it comes to the pardon, 
That's one more example of Trump helping the black community on criminal justice reform. And the liberal media can't have that. Plus, there's evidence that the summer of destruction we're in has black voters rethinking their support of Biden. So here's NBC's Chuck Todd and CNN's Don Lemon making it clear how worried they are. You know, both campaigns, guys, tell me that there is a chance that uh, Donald Trump could overperform with African-American men. It's a concern of the Biden campaign and it's a focus of the Trump campaign. The rioting has to stop. Chris, as you know and I know, it's showing up in the polling. Mm-hmm. It's showing up in focus groups. It is the only thing, it is the only thing right now that is sticking. Everyone is worried that Biden, uh, about Biden's poll numbers are, are, being, are being hurt. They don't give a crap about the fact that, hey, the rioting needs to stop because people are getting hurt. People are getting killed. We're, we're, we're destroying our cities. Um, and it's, you know, it's, there's, there's a problem there. All they're worried about is that it's hurting, uh, it's hurting Biden's poll numbers. Doesn't matter about the physical, physical and financial de- destruction that we're, they're causing. It's just about Biden's poll numbers. The accomplishments of the presidents that were highlighted on night two were his foreign policy achievements, courtesy of Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, speaking from Israel and making it clear he's speaking as Mike Pompeo, the, his wife's husband, his kid's dad. He made it real clear he wasn't speaking as Secretary of State because of the criticism he's getting from the Democrats delivering on this duty to keep us safe and our freedoms intact. This president has led bold initiatives in nearly every corner of the world. In China, he's pulled back the curtain on the predatory aggression of the Chinese Communist Party. The president has held China accountable for covering up the China virus and allowing it to spread death and economic destruction in America and around the world. He has ensured that the Chinese Communist Party spies posing as diplomats in America are jailed or sent back to China. And he has ended the ridiculously unfair trade arrangement with China that punched a hole in our economy. Those jobs, those jobs are coming back home in North Korea. The president lowered the temperature and against all odds got the North Korean leadership to the table. Today, because of President Trump, NATO is stronger. Ukraine has defensive weapon systems and America left a harmful treaty so our nation can now build missiles to deter Russian aggression. And in the Middle East, when Iran threatened, the president approved a strike that killed the Iranian terrorist, Qasem Soleimani. Today, because of the president's determination and leadership, the ISIS caliphate is wiped out. It's gone. And our brave soldiers, they're on their way home. May God richly bless you, and may God bless our great nation, the United States of America. See, people don't seem to remember all these accomplishments that he's done. And Trump understands how big our problem is with China in that China, China is, has so much ownership here and they're them having a what's the telephone company name Huawei uh, that's that's putting in this 5G stuff. That's a problem because then they're in control of our of a lot of our uh, a lot of our Internet and our and our uh, our communications with with uh, Wi-Fi. And he realizes that their footprint is too big here and our footprint we're we're, we're too vulnerable because they have so much connection here he sees it he sees it and he knows that that the coronavirus is the is the is the the straw that that broke the camel's back he's doing things and he he understands that between the tariffs and the issues that we're having with uh with covid and all this stuff that there's going to start being some repercussions in that they're going to start holding us hostage for for uh our drugs he's doing something about all these different things he's seeing the big picture 
It's not, come on, man. Chinese people are, aren't that, they're not that bad. They're nice guys. They're no match for us. They're smarter than our previous leaders that haven't seen this coming. And they're certainly smarter than, than uh, uh, Joe Biden. And uh, so all week, the Democrats have been whining that Trump broke the law, violated the Hatch Act, and misused government resources by having convention events at the White House and allowing cabinet members like Pompeo to speak. Here's Nancy Pelosi. She doesn't know what to do because we shouldn't be allowed to highlight all the stuff that we don't want anybody to focus on. She's struggling to make some kind of argument against Pompeo doing a speech from Israel. The image is something that's going to say, uh, look at us. Uh, we're here in Israel making a speech to the Republican National Convention, violating our values in terms of the bipartisanship and our support for Israel, violating in many ways uh, what he told his own employees uh, that uh, that they. You know what? What is the, the bipartisanship of our support for Israel? Let me think. It seems like uh, Obama had uh, uh, Bibi Netanyahu to the White House and left him sitting in the in the parlor in the or the foyer or something while he went upstairs and had dinner with his family. And you know what a what a case of disrespect. Of course, Obama's a Muslim, so uh, and you know he's he grew up outside the United States, so uh, so bully on bully on uh, on Israel just because the United States uh, is has a strong partnership that doesn't mean I have a strong partnership because I'm Barack Hussein Obama <clears throat> and it amazes me when I talk to Jewish people that that still think hey we're supporting we're supporting Democrats because that's what we are we're Jewish people we we vote Democrat wait but look at how he's treating the Jewish people in Israel and here's White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows saying what the rest of us are thinking. A, nobody cares where, where people talk to, and B, Democrats do the same thing. Nobody outside of the Beltway really cares. They expect that Donald Trump is going to promote Republican values, and they would expect that Barack Obama, when he was office, that he would do the same for Democrats. The theme of night three on Wednesday was Land of Heroes and with Vice President Mike Pence as the keynote speaker. Now that we're uh, three months into the violence overtaking our streets with another city, Kenosha, Wisconsin, starting up another crop of brand new riots, the vice president's speech was focused on restoring law and order. We will have law and order on the streets of this country for every American of every race and creed and color. Joe Biden would double down on the very policies that are leading to violence in America's cities. The hard truth is, you won't be safe in Joe Biden's America. You know what? We didn't put any clips in here of, uh, of Melania Trump, and Melania Trump did an excellent job uh, speaking uh, Wednesday night as well. And uh, what a class act uh, compared to what we saw last week with, with Michelle Obama. Oh, Michelle Obama is such a great political asset to the Democrats. What a, neg what a negative vibe she brought um but you know what uh, Trump, uh pence is talking about law and order and something that the democrats have never even brought up but pence's remark made for some pretty interesting timing the fact that that uh, the biden campaign stuck joe in front of a the basement camera on wednesday and and sent this out protesting brutality is a right and absolutely necessary but burning down communities is not protest it's needless violence Violence that endangers lives, 
violence that guts businesses and shutters businesses serve the community. That's wrong. Yeah, that's wrong. It's the first time they've ever mentioned it. They did the whole the whole Democrat convention, and all they said was Trump bad, me good, and or or Trump bad, Joe good. If it wasn't Joe talking, that was their whole message. They never mentioned the rioting. They never mentioned hey the defunding the police. And if you see some of the 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 videos and stuff of people getting hey they're going out there and rioting, and then when they get hurt, they say well, somebody call the police. Wait, you just threw bricks at them. You're trying to defund them. Now you want the police come to your to your uh, to your rescue? I don't think so. Uh, so uh, the, so the theme for uh, night four uh, was America, the land of greatness. Although President Trump was featured every night of the of the convention, the final night was for his formal address to the to the party to accept the nomination for president. So on this first one, um, after being introduced by his daughter Ivanka, which I actually loved loved her speech. And what she said about her dad, I didn't use any clips on that. But if you haven't had a chance to watch the video, I, I encourage you to go to YouTube and see it. Um, she's a really good speaker. And, you know, it's it's something to hear from when all three of us. Actually, I didn't hear Tiffany's speech, but Eric and Donald Jr. and and Ivanka were, were excellent. How come he didn't have Baron speak? He's probably not old enough. Um, what is he, 14 years old or something? And uh, he's probably not old enough to speak it. He's certainly tall enough. Anyway, he started his speech by uh, by uh, comparing Trump's America versus versus Biden's America, or should I say, the Democrats' America, with Biden as the as the unconscious frontman. Remember, remember the Mueller investigation. Uh, you know, all the Democrats say hey, this is uh, Bob Mueller's doing this investigation. These are the people he put in there. And then when they actually got him in front of Congress. To answer some questions, uh, 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 he didn't know anything that was in his report. And that's kind of how Biden, if Biden gets elected, that's how Biden's going to be. Your vote will decide whether we protect law-abiding Americans or whether we give free reign to violent anarchists and agitators and criminals who threaten our citizens. And this election will decide whether we will defend the American way of life or whether we will allow a radical movement to completely dismantle and destroy it. And he continued with pointing out the obvious. Joe Biden is not a savior of America's soul. He is the destroyer of America's jobs. Biden is a Trojan horse for socialism. Make no mistake, if you give power to Joe Biden, the radical left will defund police departments all across America. Joe Biden is weak. He takes his marching orders from liberal hypocrites. And crazy people. In summary, the, the RNC was totally positive, inspirational, encouraging. Instead, it, you know, it made you feel proud to be an American. Maybe not if you're a Democrat and you hate Trump that bad. That you can't that you can't see clearly out of your eyes. Instead, it, instead of just pointing fingers and saying saying uh, the reason that you should vote for Biden is we don't like Trump. Trump bad. Biden good. Lastly, uh, here's a clip that I talked about last week um, from last year's uh, Golden Girl Hillary Clinton talking about they're talking about how uh, when Chris Wallace asked uh, Donald Trump, "Hey, will you accept the accept the uh, results of the election?" And he says, hey, we'll see. We'll see. You know, it's he's, you know, if it's if it's 
if it's a, if it's a, depends on how it comes out and what, what comes up, but will you accept the, uh, the results of the election? And if he won or if he lost or however it goes, will he, he goes, Hey, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Lastly. And then when, when uh, Hillary Clinton gets on TV, she sends this message to Joe Biden. Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstances because I think this is going to drag out and eventually I do believe he will win if we don't give an inch and if we are as focused and relentless as the other side is. Yeah, so uh, I think I should have done that four years ago. You talk about uh, you know, health, hell hath no fury as a woman scorned. This lady just can't move on with her life. You know, the, the Clintons have a gazillion dollars. Of course, she has to listen. She's not fair. It's not uh, safe for her to be around around her husband or be out in public with her husband because then, you know, he's going to be he's going to be fondling some little girl or something. So, you know, it, she needs to get on with her life and let it go. Maybe maybe someone should take her to church. Maybe someone should take her to church. And maybe that's what Hillary and Bill Clinton are missing in their lives. You know, for what they have left of it, maybe they'd find some peace going to church. So, uh, but it's, it's just, it's just ugly out there. It's ugly. And you know what, as we get closer to the election, folks, I'm going to be talking to some candidates and talk about what plans do the Republicans have about ballot harvesting? Because if this is going to be an all mail in, all mail in, and certainly in California, I think it is, um, then we need to be able to, to make sure that we're doing the same thing that the Democrats are. And the, some of you guys are going to wait for election night and not get involved and you probably probably need to, you know, if you give a, give an afternoon or an evening or give a few hours of your time, uh, I'll try to update you on things that I that I find out are that we can do to help counter counter the the, uh, the illegitimate election going on. Hey, anyway, I'm all out of time for this episode of the main event. Thanks for listening. My name's Ed Hoffman, and I'll be back again with you next week. The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, California DRE ID number 1026588, Arizona MLO license number 0926439, branch NMLS ID number 1841782, Summit Funding Incorporated, NMLS ID number 3199, Arizona license number 0925837, Equal Housing Opportunity.